Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome to uh, Total Chaos. Yike. Um, hello, it's another Monday, ain't it? <sighs> so, um, we're, um, I, I just have to, as an update on our technical issues, we are still um, not pulled together. In fact, the mic just fell off the, I mean, we just, <laughs> you can't imagine. It has been one thing after another, but here we are. And as it stands right now, we can, um, I believe, just do the show. We are not going to attempt to take calls. Um, but please, uh, if if you are inclined and or able, uh, please email me during the show. That's the only way we can get you in at the moment. And <coughs> that would be at lynn at pghcitypaper.com. Okay? I hope you can. And I, I assure you, I have... I have alerted the highest authorities about our predicament, and uh, they are on it. So, my um, my rant, I think, of Thursday, and my explanation about my rant, I believe, on Friday. Um, are the honest uh, musings of uh, one woman of a certain age uh, to what is happening right now in regard to men controlling the world and women still fighting for a place and even to be heard. And I think I was trying to explain how maddening it is right now for women. I cannot tell you the conversations I've had with women, the texts I've gotten from women um, about how there are women all around you right now. I just want to, I want to say, maybe even warn you, there are women all over the place right now who are wound about as tight as they can be, close to exploding in fury. I was uh, certainly showing you that on Thursday, trying to explain it on Friday, and over the weekend, I saw piece after piece written by a woman saying the same kinds of things. And so when I darkly suggested that there was a reckoning coming, um, I said it more as a hope. But after seeing all of that, that I am so not alone. I don't know what form a reckoning like that takes. You know, there's a movie right now starring Glenn Close called The Wife. And extremely well acted. There's Oscar buzz about her performance. But it comes, this movie, at a time when the subject matter is so raw. So raw. And it's about a, a, the wife of a of a man who wins the Nobel Prize for literature and how they go off to 
Stockholm to get their prize. And the picture of this marriage and this aunt. There was a trailer before that movie. Oh, shut up. I turned it off. There was a, um, excuse me. Uh, there was a trailer before the movie uh, about another um, another movie, and in this movie from the trailer, it's clearly a biopic of uh, the French author Colette. And I didn't know this about her, but she began by ghost writing novels for her husband so that his name was on the books. <laughs> he got all the accolades. And she was locked in a room to continue writing. The In the movie, The Wife ain't a lot different. And so both these movies coming at this time showing how women shunted to the side, shunted to the, be the adoring spouse of the big man who gets all the accolades, all the honors, when in fact it's the woman, in both these cases, who did the work. And were, because they were female, self-effacing enough to tolerate it up to a point. A reckoning's got to be coming for all of this stolen glory that men have made off with. A reckoning's got to be coming for all the women who have kept their mouths shut, who have suffered silently because, frankly, what else were they supposed to do? And the only thing that I'm hoping, and I, it's amazing, I still have the ability to conjure a measure of hope, the only thing I'm hoping is that men, men of goodwill, are blown away by how big this is. Are finally realizing and seeing the impact that living in a patriarchy has had on their mothers, on their wives, on their daughters, on all women who have had And again, as I think I said last week, when I think about the loss, the loss of what all those women could have contributed if they were allowed. They've only been allowed, really, in my lifetime in any, any sizable measure. If they've been allowed, and even now, as we find out, they're allowed only when men decide to allow them. So I, I, I just cannot imagine what we're in for this week. I am not looking forward to it. I am dreading it. I don't know if I have the ability to sit and listen to the questioning of this woman. 
and this ploy that the Republicans have come up with to not ask questions of her themselves because the optics are all wrong. Not a woman among them. Just 11 old white men. Two of whom, I believe, were the younger white men who questioned Anita Hill 27 years ago. And nothing has changed except their awareness that they have to be worried about optics. They're going to try to find some woman who will question her on their behalf. What is the quote I saw that just blew me away? It's from the increasingly revolting Lindsey Graham. We've got 11 politicians who haven't done a trial in about 20 years. First of all, this is not a trial. This is the Judiciary Committee, <laughs> but this is not a trial. She is not on trial. This is not a trial. It's not a court of law. It's the Judiciary Committee. It's a hearing. The fact that he would say that right there is telling. We've got 11 politicians who haven't done a trial in about 20 years, Senator Lindsey Graham said. I thought it would be really smart to have somebody come in who knows what the hell they're doing to ask the questions, to be respectful. He's explaining why they think they should have a woman. Someone should come in who knows what the hell they're doing Lindsey Graham suggesting that he and the other 10 Republican men on the committee um, with all of their life experience do not know how to ask questions of a woman to be respectful. It would be the height of disrespect to refuse to question her. Here again would be 11 men pushing a woman forward. Women don't get to go forward too often. Finding a woman to do their bidding and push forward into the spotlight to protect them from this woman, accuser. So find a woman to protect us. Because shucks, we uh, haven't done a trial in about 20 years and you know, we need somebody to be able to know what's going on. And And so we have another accuser. And whispers of a third. And it appears that the Republicans on the committee knew about this second one that was coming out. And their initial Monday deadline was an attempt to get Kavanaugh on the court before the second surfaced. This strange haste is now maybe better explained. They know that other women are going to step forward. 
The second woman, later in his life, he's no longer in high school, he's now at Yale. And, God help her. This would be 1983 or 4. The woman says that Kavanaugh exposed himself at a drunken, man, this guy, wow, at a drunken party, thrust his genitalia in her face, and caused her to touch it without her consent as she pushed him away. Are they going to have this woman come and testify? Seriously. The fact that they won't call any other witnesses, I mean, most of these kinds of, you know, it is usually he said, she said, because when usually a woman is sexually assaulted or raped, there are no witnesses. Dr. Blasey Ford has said there is a witness. She's told us his name. He has said he doesn't remember it, but then he has acknowledged he doesn't remember much of anything because he was drunk as a skunk his entire time in uh, at the prep school. And he, in fact, has written uh, books about it, his drunkenness. Two other people who she has named that are at the party also have said they have no recollection of that evening. Now, that seems troublesome, but of course it was just an ordinary evening. Five people get together at someone's house. They're drinking, which apparently they did constantly. This is American elite. And she never told anybody what happened, so the other two people there were never told. She got herself sort of together and left, never saying a word. And so there would be nothing about that night that anyone there would have remembered. Do you remember every little party you were at in high school? You remember a few in which something specific happened. But nothing specific happened since she didn't draw any attention to it. My guess is the judge and Kavanaugh remember it. My guess is they're lying. But talking about the anger of women, Maureen Dowd, who drives me crazy, I mean, but I find myself, you know, we're, we're on the same track here. She says the Capitol is covered in mud. Somewhere in the dim recesses of my mind, I can recall a time when the sight of that white dome thrilled me. As a teenager working for a New York congressman, I felt privileged to walk the same marble corridors where some of America's most revered leaders had walked. I can also vaguely remember a time back before the travesty of Bush v. Gore, when I felt awe walking past the Supreme Court. And if I try really hard, I can summon the lost sensation of pride in covering the White House. But all that is utterly changed. It was wrenching to watch the futile Iraq war unfold with its tragic echoes of Vietnam. It is jarring to think that I could live through three sagas of impeachment. But what I most dread is where we have plunged now.
the merciless pummeling of a woman who dares to obstruct the glide path of a conservative Supreme Court nominee. It is unnerving to think how far women have come only to find ourselves dragged back to the same place. Watching these men again plotting to win at all costs. Now that women are talking, now that women have been speaking up for what, all of a year? I think things have changed. Women are watching this, even women who are not political, and they're getting sick. They're literally feeling sick. Another woman writing, I'm sorry I don't have her name, I somehow cut it off, but boy, she said it too. She talks about why women who, like me, were harassed with, (laughs) I mean, just consistency in our work lives and in our private lives. I mean, this just was what a woman's lot was. And we accepted it because we didn't, I have told people that when I was sexually harassed back in Madison at that TV station, the term sexual harassment didn't even exist. If it did, I didn't know it. It certainly wasn't a crime. There was nothing to report. There was no recourse. And since we had all of a sudden been invited into the workplace for the first time, granted, there was a federal gun pointed at employers' heads, but we were in. And were we then going to start complaining? No, we were going to suck it up. We were going to prove that we were up to the job. And we were going to do the job and fend off the constant assault. Verbal, physical, that didn't matter. It's where I got my edge. And I have explained it's where I learned to swear, and I haven't lost that ability, and I am sorry. But I started talking like the boys so I could be one of them. This woman writes, back then, you didn't dare to complain. What would you get? What's your problem? Was it really such a big deal? Come on. It wasn't like he raped you or anything. So she says, better to tell yourself that the boss who groped you at the office party was just an old goat and the teenage boy who grabbed you at the pool party was just high-spirited, and that all the ones in between were just men. Better to tell yourself that the devil you know is better than the one you might might be waiting in the next office. Better to work hard and hope you'll get an assignment or a promotion or finally end up in a place where men like that have no sway over you. Except, guess what? The joke's on us. There is no such place. Clarence Thomas sits on the Supreme Court. Who knows? Brett Kavanaugh might be right behind him. And he, of course, placed there by the man in the White House who has openly bragged about sexually assaulting any woman he wants. And this known to the American people before they voted him into the White House.
That was just a year and a half ago. So women are supposed to think what? We've come a long way. And here's where this woman says what I was saying on Thursday. As a woman, as a parent, I am angry. I am beyond angry as the spectacle of Judge Kavanaugh's nomination unfolds. I find myself caught in the undertow of bad memories, stuck in a simmer of rage. My hands furl into fists, my jaws clench, my teeth grind in the night. I send my daughters out into the world each day with a wave and a smile, and then I come inside and want to cry out of fury and frustration because the world has not changed fast enough. So, it's hard to face reality when it's so unpleasant. It's hard to face reality when it upends all of our comforting myths and narratives about who we are and how our government and our society function. And it's hard not to try to dismiss aberrations as just that. But the sheer volume of these kinds of stories now is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing even for the women because most of us didn't talk. We sucked it up. That's what the weaker sex has always done. Here's another account that was in the paper today. It has to do with a glacier in Antarctica. You want to hear? In Antarctica, a glacier? And we got a sexual harassment charge? Yes, we do. It's everywhere. Okay, listen to this one. Big shot, big man, big scientist. So well known that a glacier had been named after him. His name was David Marchant. And back in 1999, he put together an expedition. He was a geologist, widely renowned. And one of the people on his team was a young woman, 22-year-old graduate student from Boston University, Jan, Jane Willenbring. To her, this was the most amazing opportunity of her life. 
the fact that she would be isolated with a few men on a, you know, in a difficult uh, geographic area in harsh conditions. But she couldn't wait to work as a scientist alongside. But here's what happened to her. The big male professor did not mentor her. From day one, he began harassing her. He even shoved her down steep, icy slopes, blew ash into her eyes, repeatedly made sexual comments about her. This next sentence should not surprise you. She did not report the harassment. She did not report the harassment at the time. But 17 years later, after she had received tenure at the University of California, San Diego, see, when she finally felt she had some security herself. But carrying that for 16 years, she then thought, I'm going to make this accusation. And that she did. She filed a formal complaint with Boston University. The university did a, an investigation. And they decided that she was telling the truth. They kicked him off the faculty. Now, this was a big guy. Sixteen years later, she finally got the nerve. You know, if she'd done it when it happened, I bet nothing would have happened. She was just a 22-year-old kid. She had no standing. But now she came to them as a fully tenured professor herself. The United States Board of Geographic Names learned about this and immediately and unanimously changed the name of the Marchant Glacier because he did not deserve such a designation. And that, listen to what she said. She said that she had hesitated for those 16 years. And here's a real woman's story. She had hesitated to file a complaint against the professor out of fear that he would ruin her career. And she only changed her mind in 2016 when she took her daughter, who was then three years old, to her laboratory. And she says this, she saw me in my lab coat and my goggles and gloves and she said, Mommy, I want to be a scientist. And I, Dr. Willenbring says, I just instantly imagined her being treated like trash 20 years from now. And I thought, no. I've got to try to do something. She says, I was really starting to chicken out, thinking, do I really need this in my life? But then, that fall, the headlines were full of Bill Cosby's trial and the tape of President Trump, who was then a candidate, boasting about harassing women. And I thought, I am so sick of these men. 
but I'm not doing anything myself. I can do something. I can do something about one of these men. This is going to keep happening. It's going to keep happening. The fact that Lindsey Graham and McConnell and all these others have said over the weekend that Kavanaugh, she'll get her listened to and Kavanaugh will be on the court, says that it's a, it's a kangaroo court. They have no intention of really hearing her. They have no intention of really doing a fair investigation. If they did, they would have a, an investigation. And they're refusing to do that, which is amazing. And I think they're going to pay. I think they're going to pay. I know it's a long shot. But if you want to try to piss off every woman in the world... Let's see how that plays out in the midterms. And let's see if we don't obviously take back the House, but maybe even take back the Senate. If there's one despicable man that needs to be out, it's Mitch McConnell. Roger writes, I apologize for my email last week. There's no need to apologize for your email. I know I went off on it, but <laughs> everybody's entitled. I just, I apologize for my email last week in regards to not wanting to punish people for the rest of their lives for something they did as youngsters. It didn't help your state of mind at the end of Thursday's show. <laughs> you pushed me over the edge! I have since talked about this with my wife and my sister. They set me straight. <laughs> in my email to you, I was coming from the point of view in not being like the pro-prison state of law right-wingers who continue to imprison poor underprivileged minorities and keep them on. A youthful mistake should not ruin your life and keep you from your hopes and dreams. No, no, it only if you're a black uh, kid does it do that. And I'm sure Kavanaugh's judge has seen to that. But if you are of the Kavanaugh realm, if you are a boy of such extraordinary privilege, mother in the cabinet, uh, wealth, preparatory schools, where no matter what you do, you just keep moving ahead, ahead, ahead. By the way, have you seen that Gorsuch, the last awful person that was seated on the Supreme Court, that Gorsuch was at that same Catholic prep school as Kavanaugh at the same time? so that the Republicans look far and wide and apparently all potential cabinet, uh, Supreme Court nominees come from one small Catholic prep school where the rich, white, conservative, and privileged send their children and from there they go on to, of course, only the best schools and with the connections they have, clerk for only the best judges. And it's all just predetermined. How sad if this one privileged man doesn't get everything he wants. He's never known anything else.
and wasting any energy feeling sorry for the likes of Brett Kavanaugh. It was not Kavanaugh, it's Gorsuch's mother was on the court. But it's, th- this is who they are, okay? Okay, I'm back, back to your letter. Um, and Roger says, after his wife uh, beat him up and his sister, he says this now. Kavanaugh is vying for a lifetime position that only nine people can have. It is a very distinct position. We've also, we're also talking about rape, not getting caught carrying an ounce of pot. I get it. I get it. I get it now. Oh, we're not talking about rape, Roger. Uh, no less a uh, conduit from uh, heaven above, Franklin Graham himself, the evangelical minister, has said that Kavanaugh acted respectfully toward her by, when she protested, not, as he put it, finishing up. So it's only attempted rape, and then he was respectful after he clamped his hand over her mouth and nose and tried to rip her clothes off and then saw it was going to be a little bit of work. He stopped. And if that's not a man respecting a woman's wishes, I'd like to know what is. MSNBC's Lawrence O'Donnell asked a good question last week. Why isn't Kavanaugh welcoming an FBI investigation? That was a question I had too. If you're pure as he says he is, you would beg for an investigation. You would beg to take a polygraph test yourself. You would beg to have him talk to every person he ever went to school with or worked with. This is true. Laura writes, it is easy for partygoers to have no recollection. However, a victim would never forget. Right. Of course. It may go dormant, but the act is there to be triggered in all of its unwelcome, glorious technicolor at who knows when. I would venture to say that it is much easier for the perpetrator to believe nothing happened out of the ordinary in life. A wrong belief on their part, but one they truly believe. There um, there was a, a very interesting, yucky piece in the um, Washington Post over the weekend uh, written by a guy who went to uh, elite uh, high school right down the road from where Kavanaugh and, and Gorsuch went. Uh, this is written by a guy named Greg Jaffe. He's talking about how he got a he got a birthday card just the other day from the school he had gone to, um, at the Landon School, and uh, he he also that school would know the girls who went to Holton Arms where where uh, Blasey went. Um, and and he says this. He he just wants to explain to us what boys like him and Kavanaugh, what the reality of these schools were. He says this. Because of all the Kavanaugh stuff, he said, I do remember plenty about the culture of these same sex schools and not all of it good, I began reaching out to old friends from Landon and from Prep to see if they recalled the same misogynistic culture that I did. And boy, oh boy, did they ever. And this is in the 1980s, same time. He says, in my memory, we tested and terrorized female teachers 
such as collectively staring at an eighth-grade earth science teacher's breasts. Can you imagine? You're a teacher. You're trying to teach, and all the boys in the class have decided beforehand that they're just going to stare at your breasts. Or dropping our pencils in unison at a specific time in the middle of her class, something we would never do for any male instructor. After several days of this behavior, the young science teacher broke down in tears. The reason I today recall only the names of my male teachers from that period is because the women teachers didn't stay long. He quotes a guy who's now a history professor at Providence College. We definitely were terrible to the female teachers. He remembered the middle school Spanish teacher who felt angry and harassed when someone from my class put a jock strap on her dog, which she had brought to school. A few of the male teachers contributed to the culture. Listen to this. One history teacher, a guy, introduced us to women's suffrage by calling on a student who was often unprepared for class and asking him to tell us all he knew about women's suffrage. The student stuttered and stammered for a few seconds. That's enough, the teacher declared with finality, in a way that made it clear he was dispensing with the subject, not the student. That was what our lesson in the suffrage movement was. A childhood friend who asked not to be named attended Georgetown Prep. That's where Kavanaugh went. And remembered Kavanaugh as a very conservative person. His memories of prep were less rosy. He recalled the Friday morning announcements, usually delivered by one of the seniors. Quote, After the football game, there will be a mixer. Girls from Holy Cross, Holy Child, and Visitation will be available. He remembered the announcements as they were said lasciviously. The joke, my friend said, was a part of daily life, accepted by teachers and students. I remember that. The girls, now women, of Holton Arms, have been wrestling with their own memories of that time. This past week, more than 1,000 of them signed a letter in support of Ford. Her account of being attacked was, quote, all too consistent with stories we heard and lived then, and then there's one more. There's stories after another of women, just girls, being just set upon by these boys. Several women remember remembering students driving past the Holton campus and screaming "Beaver" from their car. I hated it, but I thought it was just normal. He says the place was about as homophobic as you'd expect for a school full of insecure teenage boys in the 80s. But there it is. I mean, the, the people who went to these schools, what a vile environment. And these are the schools that give us the people who populate our government at the highest levels. I Carol writes, when I was eight or nine years old, a family friend pulled me on his lap and handed his erect, naked member to me in his family game room. I managed to get away from him, but to this day, I can vividly picture the event. You may not remember the date, but you sure as hell never forget what happened and who did it. This was almost 55 years ago, and I still get upset when I think about it. P. 
P.S. I had to see this man for years. And I always stayed far away from him. And I bet you never told anybody. You didn't tell your mom. You didn't tell your dad. Because he was their friend. Uh-oh. Is this, uh, is this credible? CNBC. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein is reportedly on the way out. Is resigning, according to Axios. Well, okay, I'm going to want... Is resigning, according to Axios, which cited a source familiar. He's expecting to be fired. So he plans to step down. Special Counsel's Office declined comment. The White House has not responded. So this is certainly possible. I'm not saying that I, I'm passing that on. And Dave is going to send me the same thing. All right. Now, uh, okay, it's just the Axios story, but others are picking it up now. I, um, we'll see. And Ray writes, I firmly bl believe that if a man had accused Kavanaugh in a man-on-man -man sexual assault, the GOP would have dropped him like a hot bag of shit. The objectification of women isn't even in their consciousness. They just weren't raised right. A whole bunch weren't because it was societally permissible. It was, it still is in such large part. And there's still so many women who side with the power, the men. Um, and I talked a little bit about that the other day because, I mean, that is not, that's human nature. I remember listening to a, uh, a man who survived the Holocaust. And um, was very, could forgive people who had turned on him. Who, and he said, because human beings, let's be honest, they look at which way the wind's blowing. They look to who's got the power. They look to who's in charge. And most keep their heads down and just follow the big guys. And I think that explains why so many women, especially white women, with the white women, there's a racial component going on here too, but why they would support a Donald Trump. Um, the Stockholm Syndrome. Rosenstein has been summoned to the White House. All right. Oh boy, heading into a Saturday Night Massacre here now too, Kavanaugh, this, I, you know, do you remember back in the, was it 60s, early 60s, that musical, Stop the World, I Want to Get Off? It's the way I feel. Exhausting. And I want to reiterate that if there is, um, if the hearing does happen on Thursday, there will be no show if it's happening at 10, for instance. If it's in the afternoon, no problem. But um, I ain't going to miss it as hard as it'll be to watch it. But uh, that's just the way it'll be. And few other little items 
that I have. I found this interesting. Uh, the governor of Alaska, Bill Walker, who, by the way, is neither Republican nor Democrat, he and his lieutenant governor, who is a Democrat, have come out against Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation. And they're not coming because of all of this, but this, it would seem, might put some pressure on Senator Murkowski from Alaska. So the independent governor of Alaska and the Democratic lieutenant governor of Alaska say that they oppose Kavanaugh because he would jeopardize Medicaid coverage under the Affordable Care Act and they added that, quote, his record does not demonstrate a commitment to legal precedent that protects working families. They also said he's been hostile to laws that are favorable to Alaska natives. And they added, we believe a thorough review of past allegations against him is needed before any confirmation vote takes place. Just saying. Might be a little more pressure on on her. So my um my advice to men <laughs> tread really softly around the women in your life in these times. Because the women, whether they're showing, you know, women have been taught not to show anger. And many are pretty, can't do it very well. Women have been taught they can cry. And so many women's tears, by the way, are just that. They're misplaced anger because of the helplessness and frustration and rage of being constantly disregarded. Thank you, Chuck. I thank you all. Rosenstein's resignation has been accepted. He's out. Verbally submitted his resignation. The White House has accepted it. He is not expected to be in the job after Monday. All right. Can our next president be somebody who's like dull? Could we? No, see, you can't get elected if you're dull. I just... This is exhausting. Exhausting. Anyway, thank you for uh, joining me. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. The world's still spinning. See ya. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>